Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... South Pacific and the East Indies, the settings for some of their best-known work. Herman Melville, Joseph Conrad, and Ian Forster, to name but three, wrote about the exotic and mysterious islands lying thousands of miles away across the deep waters of the Pacific Ocean. These islands may seem less remote now than they used to be, but the mixture of cultures, East and West, can still produce some bizarre incidents. Doc! I didn't murder Sir Dabney. I want to believe you, Clive, but the evidence... He was my employer. Why would I kill him? Now that he's gone, I'm left with nothing. Is there any one piece of the evidence against you that you can refute? No. If you didn't kill him, Clive, then how did he die? Sponsored in part by ARM, Allergy Relief Medicine, and True Value Hardware Stores. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Close your eyes and imagine a South Seas island. breezes wafting gently through towering palm trees, beaches with sand the color of alabaster stretching unbroken for miles, clear blue skies, coral reefs, breathtaking sunsets, a paradise indeed where nothing could possibly go wrong. That's an illusion, of course. Things can go wrong any place. And the trouble with paradise is when things go amiss there, you're a long way from home. We're on a small island in the Marianas, a U.S. trust territory at the house of Dr. Charles Duggan. Yeah. Oh, good morning, Jim. Hello, Doc. What are you doing here at this hour? This is not golf day, is it? No. Actually, I'm here on official business. As the island magistrate? What's wrong? Aren't my papers in order? Doc, as a Canadian citizen... You're the only person on the whole island who might have what I'm looking for. Oh, yes? What's that? A copy of a British who's who. Who's who? It's rather urgent. Do you have one? Why, yes, I believe so. It would be in the library. Uh, leave that cigar of yours in the ashtray there and uh, come on in. Eh? Is there uh, someone in particular that you are interested in? A fellow named Sir Dabney Chen Si. Dabney Chen Si. That's an unusual name. He's Anglo-Chinese. Hmm. Ah, here's the book. Ah, let us see. Dabney Chen. See. Yes, here he is. Born in Shanghai in 1910, educated in Oxford. Became a British citizen in 1936. Knighted in uh, 1966. Anything else? 
Yeah. Married. Oh, my. Four times. Most recently, two years ago, to a Miss Ryokan Getsu from Hong Kong. He's in finance and has quite a list of decorations here from both uh, China and England. Uh, want me to read them all? No, go on. His hobby is yachting, and he has residencies in London and Singapore. That's the man. Why do you need information on this distinguished gentleman at 7 o'clock in the morning? Because his yacht dropped anchor in the harbor last night. Ah, and you wanted to check his pedigree before allowing him to come ashore. No. Last night, his steward discovered him in the ship's library. Dead. Oh. I see. Natural causes? Don't know yet. The man was 68. True. Anything's possible at that age. At any age. Four marriages? Precisely. Mm Mm-hmm. Coffee? No, thanks, Doc. I've got to go out to the yacht and begin an investigation. Ah, so you do suspect foul play, hmm? Sergeant Johnston was out there this morning. He found this. It's a letter Sir Dabney was writing at the time he died to his solicitor in London. Apparently, he just discovered that someone was cashing checks in his name without his knowledge, and he wanted his solicitor to investigate. And uh, you suspect the embezzler, realizing Sir Dabney was onto him, killed him for his silence? That's the obvious. Beware the obvious. True. Hmm. How did Sir Dabney die? Not sure yet. Thought you might give us a hand, huh? Oh, now, today is my day to go coral hunting. You want an autopsy performed? Eventually, but at the moment, could you analyze this liquid? It's the remains of a whiskey soda Sir Dabney was drinking when he died. You suspect poison, then? There were no marks on the body. How long will it take you? It depends on how many reagents I have to try. Follow me out to the yacht when you have an answer, will you? It's in the harbor, on the way to your coral beds. Okay. Hmm. Foul play, eh? You know, there is just one problem here. What's that? If the motive was to cover up this embezzlement, why wouldn't the murderer, if there is one, mind you, have destroyed this letter? How could he know that it was precisely that matter which Sir Dabney was writing to inquire about at the time of his death? Well, that's something of a coincidence, isn't it? Yes. Why? What's wrong with that? Maybe nothing. But I just wouldn't think you'd get too many coincidences in your line of work. If you know what I mean. Uh, welcome aboard, Inspector. I'm the ship's captain, named Renner. Thank you, Captain. I'm Jim Trees, the local magistrate. Uh, your man's already nosed around pretty good, uh... I suppose you'd like to see the ship's study where Sir Daphne was found. Please. Well, nothing's been disturbed. After the body was taken ashore, the room was locked. Lady Daphne's in her room. She'll see if it's necessary, but of course she's upset. It will be necessary, I'm afraid, but not just yet. Oh, Mr. Chubb, oh, that was Sir Daphne's secretary, just having breakfast. He's eating? Oh, yes. You seem to be treating this as a criminal case, Mr. Trees. Just a routine investigation. Well, if you want my opinion, it would seem to be a case of a simple heart attack. Well, this is the uh, study. 
You're sure nothing's been touched? Oh, no, sir. But why? The place seems pretty neat. Oh, that's the way, sir. Dabney kept it. Will you run down what happened last night? Yeah. Well, we anchored about seven. Dinner was served to Lord and Lady Dabney and Mr. Chubb at eight. Mr. Uh, Chubb? Oh, yes, yeah, sir. Dabney's private secretary. Oh, yes. The one who's eating. Oh, yeah. uh, anyway, round ten, sir Dabney uh, came in here to do some work. Uh, 10.30, the steward brought him his nightly grog tray, the uh, whiskey and soda your man took with him. Where did the tray sit? Oh, where uh, it's still sitting on the table over there next to the window. Was the window open like this? Yes. It opens right out onto the deck? Yes, sir. So anyone passing... Go on, Captain. Well, uh, it's about it. Uh, 11.30, the steward entered to remove the tray and found Sir Dabney there at his desk, dead. Ten in hand? Yes, sir. And this is the letter he was writing? I, I mean, this is his handwriting? Oh, yes, sir. Quite distinctly, you have. No mistake in that. Uh, uh, should I... Uh... Come in. Uh, Jim? Ah, oh, Doc. You have the results already? Yes, I uh, found out... Uh, Captain that... Renner, would you excuse us? Oh, certainly. If Mr. Chubb has had enough to eat, perhaps you'd tell him I'd like a word with him? Uh, I'll send him right up. That didn't take you long, Doc. What did your analysis show? There was something in Sir Dabney's drink, all right, besides whiskey and soda. Poison. Yes. What kind? That I'm not sure of. None of my reagents gave me its exact nature. So the drink was tampered with? Oh, no doubt. Any good suspects so far? No. Well, it's a nice collection of books this fellow had. Oh, that's too bad. What? It's dust. Some folks aren't big readers. Well, it's a shame, though. People use books for expensive wallpaper. There's an empty space. Oh, yes, so there is. A small one, though. Must have been a pretty slim volume. I have to start somewhere. You see the book lying about? No. That's the kind of detail that solves cases. Thank you. Hmm. Don't mention it. And now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to hunt Carl. Uh, it must be Sir Dabney's secretary. The very soul of composure, from what I gather. His master's demise hasn't stopped him from packing away a solid breakfast. Come in. You, uh, wanted to see me? Yes. Uh, Doc, you'll do the autopsy tonight? Yep. Now, your name is... Uh, Clive Chubb. Clive. Clive Chubb. I don't believe it. Uh, Charlie? Yes. <laughs> you two know each other? Oh, know each other. Clive here was the best wing forward the Darno rugby team ever saw. You are Sir Dabney's personal secretary? Oh, yes, I've been with him for five years. Excuse me, Doc. Mr. Chubb, I need to ask you a few questions. Well, certainly. We suspect that your employer was murdered. What? Poisoned. Good Lord. Uh, by whom? We don't know yet. The only clue we have is a letter Sir Dabney was writing. Well, what sort of letter? Can you tell me who would know the whereabouts of Sir Dabney's financial records and bank books? Well, that would be me. Uh, he kept them in the bottom drawer of his desk there. Did he have any large sums of money on board? Several hundred pounds, I believe. Uh, why? Do you suspect robbery was the motive? Where was this money kept? Do you know that as well? Well, in the wall safe behind the drapes over there. And the keys? It's a combination lock. Oh. Uh, who would know the combination? Well, Sir Dabney, of course, and, and myself. <laughs> 
Would you write it down for me, please? Well, yes. There. Thank you. Doc, you and Mr. Chubb can continue your reunion outside. I'd like to be alone in here for a few minutes. I'm sorry about what's happened. Poor Sir Dabney. He was an awfully decent man. Leaves me up at Dry Creek, I can tell you. I don't even know how I'm going to get back to Canada. Well, won't Lady Dabney help you? I, I think not. Why not? Um, it's an involved situation, Charlie. I'd, I'd prefer not to go into it. Mr. Chubb, can I speak with you a moment inside? Uh, uh, with, with me? Uh, sure. Uh, uh, Charlie? Uh... Um, Jim? Sure, Doc. You can come, too. Mr. Chubb, who else knew the combination to this safe? No one. Just you and Sir Daphne? Yes. Why? Because I found this inside the safe. Do you recognize it? It looks like a small vial of liquid. Doc, the label says Denethomal. Do you know what that is? Why, yes. It's a poison. I'm very fond of boats myself, says a character in a well-known British play. I like the way they're contained. A comforting feeling for some, perhaps. But if you are the unlucky object of official suspicion, even a wealthy man's yacht can suddenly begin to seem very claustrophobic. And what might have been a pleasant reunion between two old schoolmates is threatening to become something much more serious. I shall return shortly with Act Two. Question. What is all around us, yet often obscure, free, yet of great value? The answer? Truth. Truth should be a simple enough thing. After all, it is merely that which is. Yet the truth of a matter can be deceptive. For correct interpretation can rest on any number of facts, no one of which is so insignificant that it can be overlooked. Keep this in mind as we continue to unravel the mystery surrounding the death of Sir Dabney Chen C. We are back in the yacht's library, the scene of the crime. I'll ask you again, Mr. Chubb. Do you recognize this vial? Well, no, I've never seen it. You you say you found it in the safe? Which, by your own statement, had a combination known only to you and Sir Daphne. Well, yes, we had the combination changed just before we left London. Uh, Jim, I can vouch for Clive. Our old school has had its share of questionable alumni, but none of them have ever ended up on murderer's row, you know. I'm not out to hang anyone, Doc. Least of all your pal here. All I'm doing is developing evidence. I have no idea how that vial could have gotten into the safe. Where was it? This logbook from the safe. Do you recognize it? Uh, yes, it's the record of ship's cash. Are these entries in your handwriting? Yes. One of my duties was to keep a record of money spent in the operation of the boat. Why? Because this vial of poison was in the spine of that book. Oh, really, Jim? This is all too perfect. Someone is obviously trying to frame him. Who? Do you have any thoughts on that, Mr. Chubb? Uh, no. Well, why on earth would Clive poison the old fellow and then tuck the evidence back in the safe? It was well hidden. 
I almost didn't see it. It made only the slightest bows in the book. Well, how do you know that's even the stuff that did Sir Dabney in? I suppose we can check that out easily enough now, Doc. If it is pentothomol that was in his drink, I can determine that with a little baking soda from the ship's galley. Well? We found the murder weapon. It was liquid from this vial that was used to do the old man in. Yes. No question. None. Pentothomol is a super stimulant. It speeds up the action of the heart. And in someone of Sir Dabney's age, that almost certainly leads to cardiac arrest. In other words, a heart attack. Well, I'll have to wait until I perform the autopsy to know for sure that's how he died. But that's what I'd expect to find. Where is Clive now? I asked him to remain in his room. No one will be allowed off the ship now, of course. I have men searching the whole boat, questioning the crew. What is that that you're looking at? A photograph of Lady Dabney. It was in her husband's desk. Beautiful, isn't she? Yes, very. What's Chubb's relationship with her? What do you mean? I heard him talking about her. What was he saying? I, uh, gather there is a strain between them. That's all. Is he a womanizer? I wouldn't think so. But no saint. Who is? I am. <laughs> yes, well... <clears throat> I imagine it would depend on circumstances, wouldn't it? The point is, Lady Dabney is extremely attractive. Oh, yes, exquisite. And Sir Dabney was 30 years her senior. At least. A terrific temptation. Possibly. And a motive. That is speculation. True. Have you spoken to her yet? No, I was waiting on the results of your test. I'll ask Captain Renner to... Uh, excuse me. What? Are you the inspector? Yes. Jim Trees. I am Lady Dabney. Oh. This is Dr. Charles Duggan. He has been assisting me in the investigation. My condolences, ma'am. I have been told by Captain Renner that there are policemen on board who are searching the ship. Is this true? Yes. Will you be so kind, please, as to tell me why? I'm afraid your husband's death was murder, Lady Dabney. He was poisoned. Are you quite sure of this? Yes. Then you must find the poisoner for me quickly, so that he too may die. With your permission, I would like to ask you some questions. Is this normal? Yes. Very well. Can you give me an account of your movements last night? Certainly. We had dinner, the three of us, about eight o'clock. Afterwards, Clive and I remained together, while Dadney came in here to the library. You and Mr. Chubb were together? In the stateroom, yes. We were playing cards. At about 11 o'clock, I excused myself and retired. And Mr. Chubb? I presume he did the same. One last question, Lady Dabney, and forgive me for asking it. Of course. Were you and your husband always on the best of terms? Yes. We were very close. I can understand why you might assume that the age difference between us would be a problem, but it was not. No other man has been of any interest to me at all since I met Daphne. I'm aware men find me attractive, and when they flirt with me, I understand. Even Clive. Clive? You mean Mr. Chubb? It was harmless. Nothing. Anyway, it was months ago. Was he in love with you? You would have to ask him that. Did Sir Daphne know about this? I mentioned it to him, yes. And? He wanted to let him go. It's... A standard male response. Why didn't he? 
I persuaded him not to. Clive was quite useful to him. He's very clever, you know. And once he saw I was not interested in responding to his overtures, he stopped. Did Mr. Chubb know you told Sir Dabney? No, of course not. But this is ancient history, Inspector. It was all over months ago. Since then, we've been all quite civilized with each other. Yes. You played cards. In the public stateroom. Thank you, Lady Dabney. That's all for now. Then you'll excuse me. Ask Captain Renner to join us if you see him, would you? Certainly. She's quite vain, isn't she? With good reason, I'd say. Well, Doc, what do you make of all that? The question is, what are you going to make of it? I'm not sure yet. Methinks the lady did protest too much. About her faithfulness to her husband? And it seemed to me she deliberately let Clive's name slip. I don't think so. She seemed genuinely upset when I tried to make something out of it. But if Chubb was attracted to her, it would compound his motive, wouldn't it? Ask him then. I doubt I'd get a straight answer. That's why I want to speak to the captain. She said it was harmless. It was over months ago. Doc, listen. Thanks for your help. What? I'll see you this evening for the autopsy. Say around seven. Oh, you want me to go? It's a police investigation from here on out. Anyway, weren't you going coral hunting? Yes, that was before I knew a friend of mine was going to be involved. I understand about the old school ties and all that, Doc, but... I am not abandoning Clive now. You, uh, you wanted to see me? Oh, yes, Captain, come in. Okay, Doc, you can stick around. But remember, you're an impartial witness. Captain Renner. Yes, sir. I have a question for you. It's delicate, but I hope you'll be frank. Oh, yes, it concerns the relationship between Lady Dabney and Mr. Chubb. Well, what about it? That's what I'm asking you. They, uh, they was, uh, friendly. Just give me your impressions, Captain. Oh, uh, they, uh, they spent a lot of time together, especially when the governor was working. Lady Dabney's pretty fond of Mr. Chubb, but, uh, I don't see the arm in that, not so long as he knows to keep his distance. She was fond of him? Yes. Would you say they are having an affair? Oh, I wouldn't go that far. On account of Mr. Chubb, don't seem too keen. Uh, well, I, I, I think he fancies her, but feels he uh, <laughs> felt uh, a conflict of loyalties, if you know what I mean. Yes, Captain, I do. Thank you. Well... Will that be all? Uh, may I ask a question? Sure, Doc. There's a slim volume missing from one of these shelves here in the study. You haven't by any chance seen it lying about, have you? Well, what's it look like? I don't know. What's it about? Well, I'm not sure. Oh. Well, it's not much to go on, is it? No, I guess not. Can't say I've seen any books lying around. Well, I'll be on the bridge then if you need me. Now what? If what Captain Renner says is true about Chubb and Lady Dabney, then Lady Dabney was lying to me. And why would she lie except to keep herself in the clear? And if she did want him badly enough, she wouldn't have dispatched her husband in such a way as to throw the guilt on him. Unless feeling rejected, she decided... To murder her own husband in order to take revenge on him? Doc, you amaze me. 
Well, she is Oriental. And a woman, to boot. What about the checks? The one Sir Dabney was in the process of asking his solicitor to investigate when he was killed. What need would she have to steal money from a husband who, as far as I can see, was more than willing to give her everything she wanted? I think if we find the person who cast those checks, we'll have found our murderer. Checks? Are you aware that Sir Dabney was writing a letter to his solicitor? Uh, Mr. Carrington in London? You know the man's name? Well, of course I know his name. Are you aware what the letter was about? Well, no, I, I didn't know he was writing it. Apparently, a number of checks had been cashed for rather large sums. Checks he never authorized. Do you, do you have the uh, dates and numbers of the checks? Yes, in his bank book here. The checks in question are starred in red ink. Uh, February 2nd, March 7th. In the letter, he says, quote, Will you please go round to the bank and question the clerk who paid out the money on the checks I shall list below to see if he can remember... End of quote. That's as far as it got before the poison took hold. Well, Mr. Chubb, should we finish the sentence? Should we cable London and find out what the clerk has to say? Uh, no. No, no, no. There's no need. I, I cashed those checks. I, I cashed them all. Clive. But they weren't forged. Sir Dabney signed them himself. I, I always cashed his checks. It was part of my job. I gave him the money. I never kept a penny of it. Then why would he question them? I don't know. Uh, was Sir Dabney going senile, perhaps? Was he beginning to forget things? No, he was perfectly sound, as far as I could tell. And between you and Lady Dabney? Pardon? What was going on there? Uh, uh nothing. We've heard different things. Th th there was nothing between us. We have two versions of the story, one from Lady Dabney herself and one from Captain Renner. They differ as to the instigator of the affair, but both agree that something was or is going on. But I swear, nothing is going on. You had no motive to kill Sir Dabney? Not for his money or his wife? No. Then who did? I don't know. Doc, truly, you know me. We grew up together. You've got to believe me because it's obvious your friend here doesn't. <laughs> South Pacific have always been a source of confusion to me. Are they as far west as one can go before getting to the far east or vice versa? But the problems of geographical orientation are of secondary interest to us at the moment. The problem of who killed Sir Dabney is considerably more pressing, especially to Clive Chubb. What do you think? Is he guilty or innocent? I'll return in a moment with our final act. Is Clive Chubb guilty or innocent? Perhaps you think this is an unfair question to ask when we still have an entire act to go. But what if I told you that all the facts necessary to deduce the truth have already been revealed? However, let me add that even if you should guess who killed Sir Dabney, you'd never guess the motive. As we rejoin our story, it is evening. We are back on shore at the island hospital. Finished with the autopsy, Doc? Yes, all done. What's the verdict? If there was any doubts before, there aren't any now. 
You've got a murder on your hands, Jim. Sir Dabney definitely died of a heart attack induced by the pentathomal someone dropped in his drink. Here's a copy of the autopsy report for your files. Hmm. Thanks. What's your next step? I'm afraid I'm going to have to put your friend under arrest first thing in the morning. Jim, you're making a mistake. What would you do in my shoes? I think it's Lady Dabney you should be going after. Look at the evidence. The evidence doesn't mean a thing. Women like that have their way. I'm sorry, Doc. Look, it's been a long day. Let me just call out to the yard to make sure all's quiet, and then I'll give you a lift home. Who's there? Uh, who, who is it? Lady Dabney. May I come in? I must speak to you. I, I, I don't think it would be wise. Quickly. It's... One of the police guards is by the bulkhead at the top of the stairs. Well, uh, what do you want? Clive, did you do it for me? Do what? Kill Sir Dabney. You, you think I killed him? You did it for us, didn't you? So we could be together. No. We, we must be very careful now how we proceed. You weren't very clever, you know. All the evidence points to you. I, I, I didn't kill Sir Daphne. They're going to arrest you tomorrow morning. What? I overheard one of the policemen in the radio room just now. He was talking to that Inspector Trees. Uh, arrest me? You, you're sure? Don't worry about the lawyers. I'll see to it that, that you're provided with the best. But you must pull yourself together. You've gone this far. We have to see it through. Uh, Lady Daphne, you've got to believe me. I'm... I'm innocent. Just remember, they have nothing but circumstantial evidence against you. And in a murder trial, that's not enough. Especially with clever lawyers. I don't stand a chance. Will you trust me to look after you? Please. You can no longer deny your feelings for me now, can you? By killing Sir Dabney, you reveal the truth. I didn't kill him. It, it... wasn't just the money, was it? It wasn't just to prevent him from discovering that you were robbing no, him. I never robbed I'll him. I'll see to it that you have everything you want. After the trial is over, I'll keep you on as my personal secretary. The world will see it as a, a gesture of my confidence in your innocence. But you and I will know the truth. And we can be together forever. Don't... Don't you care that your husband is dead? Caring won't bring him back. Life is for the living, and that is us, Clive. It's you and I. Leave. What? Leave my cabin at once. You, you don't understand. I know what you did and why. You have paid me the boldest compliment a man can pay a woman, and I'm telling you, you have won me. I'm yours. I was in love with you from the moment I saw you. I'd have given anything for you to be free, but... You're a monster. Now, now get out of here. You reject me? Well, then let them arrest you. Let them hang you. And when it comes time for your trial, if your own bumbling stupidity hasn't convicted you, my testimony will. Be quiet. You're not mad at me, are you? You know, Jim, I've been going over the evidence against Clive. 
And something is very wrong. You told me the steward set the drink tray down by the open window. Anyone could have walked by and dropped the poison in. But not anyone could have put that vial back in the safe. Unless the safe were already open. Now, how likely is that? Hmm. I've been reconstructing what must have happened. The steward brings in a tray with an ice bucket, whiskey, soda bottles, and an empty glass turned upside down so the poison couldn't already be in the drink. Now, to satisfy myself on that point, I tested the whiskey and soda bottles and the melted ice water in the bucket. No traces of poison in any of them. The poison had to be added after the drink was mixed. So Sir Dabney mixes his drink, sets it down. Someone passing by the window drops in the penicillin. Sir Dabney drinks it and dies moments later. And then Clive enters the room and puts the vial in the safe. And doesn't take an incriminating letter from the dead man's hands. Ha. It looks like Clive was trying to implicate himself. Come on, now, something very bizarre is going on. If that's true, Doc, then let's hope it comes out at the trial. Give me a hand. All right. Here. Put on my robe and dry your hair. You'll catch pneumonia. Thanks. I I knew I could count on a fellow's dollar alumnus. What are you doing here? I I found out that that friend of yours intends to arrest me in the morning, so I I thought I'd better stay one step ahead of the uh, ceremony. Oh, Clive. This is an island and not a very big one at that. How do you plan to escape? Your motorboat. A boat that size could get me to Saipan. From there, I'll make it my own way somehow. You can't do that. You'll be a fugitive. I don't have any choice. They'll think you're guilty for sure then. What do they think right now? Now, Clive, it's not an airtight case. If you're innocent, it'll come out in court. Oh? Will it? Unless there's something we don't know. Is there, Clive? Yes. There's one thing you don't know, Charlie, and that's who the real murderer is. Do you know? No, but... It isn't me. All right, I believe you. Well, then help me. I can't, Clive. Not without becoming an accessory. The warrant hasn't been issued yet. But we both know it's going to be. I'm sorry, Clive. Charlie, I don't stand a chance. Lady Dabney will do whatever she has to to get me convicted. How do you know that? She she told me so. Why? Why would she want to convict you? Well, it doesn't matter. Is she in love with you? Nothing ever happened between us. But you rejected her, man. Yes. You think she killed him? I... I don't know. Is she trying to frame you? No, I... Look, I, I don't want to talk about... Are you in love with her? I... I was. Clive, if she is trying to frame you... Look, it's her word against mine, and all the evidence points to me. Okay, pal. Here are the keys to my boat. It's more than the marina, a mile down the beach. I'll get you some dry clothes. Ch- Charlie? Thanks. Forget it. 
what'll you tell the inspector? I'll think of something. You're helping an innocent man. You know that, don't you? I know that crime. Come in. Ah, good morning, Jim. Where is he? Where is who? Clive Chubb. Oh? Has something happened? You know, Doc, frankly, I'm surprised at you. Better that than bored. I spoke to the night watchman at the marina. He says a man fitting Clive's description showed up there at three this morning, jangling the keys to your boat. My keys? Oh, my goodness. My goodness, they're gone. Oh, and it gets worse, Doc. You're under arrest. Oh, come on, Jim. Just because I beat you in golf is no reason to pull rank. I'm serious. Word of Sir Dabney's murder has reached the outside world, and it's created quite a stir. He was a knight of the realm, one of England's leading financial men. His death is a matter of international consequence. I see. Well, if the whole world is watching, you'd certainly better do what you think best. But I have no idea how Clive got those keys. Let's go. Come in. Uh, excuse me. Captain uh, Good morning. Well, I was told I'd find the inspector here. I'm here, Captain. What is it? Well, seeing as how Mr. Chubb has escaped, uh, Lady Dabney sent me ashore to get your permission to sail on to Singapore. Okay. I suppose there's no reason to keep you. Oh, I've got the papers of detention here. I'll just sign the release. Yeah. Oh, uh, by the way, Doctor, you still interested in that book? The one that was uh, missing from the library? Did you find it? Oh, I can't say whether it's the same book, but uh, the cook found this in the garbage this morning when he was waiting it down to toss it overboard. Yeah. Hmm. Thousand-year-old stories. That's a distinctive title. What was it doing in the garbage? Well, I don't know. It's a rather handsome volume, if you ask me. Ancient legends from the Chinese. Were uh, all those papers in order, Inspector? Yes, here you are. I'll radio out to my man and tell him to let you weigh anchor. Oh, thank you, sir. Can't imagine what happened to Mr. Chubb. I think I have some idea about that. Have a safe voyage, Captain. Uh, all right. Doc, you ready to go? Doc. Hmm? Oh, yes, yes. Uh, just let me get my golf clubs. Golf clubs? You're under arrest. Oh, I won't be after I've read you the first story in this book. What do you mean? I had a feeling all along the empty space on that library shelf had something to do with this. You think someone deliberately threw that book away? Oh, yes. Who? Sir Dabney. He threw it out because it contained the solution to his murder. What? How? It looks like this book is where he got the idea for it. Where he got the idea for his own murder. Listen to me. Yeah. The story of the old merchant. In ancient Cathay, there lived a wealthy old merchant, Yang Sun. He was married to a lovely young girl named Shen Fu, and he employed as accountant a gentleman named Shin Mi. The Dabneys and Mr. Chubb. Oh, yes, a neat parallel, isn't it? Now, 
The young wife fell in love with Shinmi, who resisted her advances at first, but eventually yielded to them. The old merchant, suspecting that his secretary had betrayed him, sought to take revenge. But because the law of Cathay forbade murder, no matter what the provocation, and because Yang Sun felt that life without his wife's love was not worth living, he took his own life. But in such a way that suspicion would fall upon the man who had wronged him. Suicide. It all makes sense now. Clive was having an affair with Lady Dabney then. No, 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 no. He was in love with her at first. But restrained himself out of loyalty to Sir Dabney. That's the one detail in which the case differs from the story. That's too bad. So the old man killed himself for nothing. I don't know. The fact is, Lady Dabney was enamored of Clive. So, your friend is innocent. Yes. And will you now be so kind as to tell me where we can find him? I don't know any more than you do, Jim. But if he did take my boat, and I were he, I imagine I'd head straight across the channel of the Saipan. A rose by any other name would smell as sweet, but murder by any other name can make a big difference in the success of an investigation. In fact, as we have just seen, to persist in calling a suicide murder could mean the difference between life and death. Fortunately, the error in labeling was discovered in time, and an innocent man's life was saved. I shall return shortly. A curious feature of our story is that although Clive Chubb was innocent, he sought to save himself by a delusion. Time and desire had blotted from his mind the fact that he had never graduated from the Darlow Academy. Yet, he swore his innocence to a man who felt compelled to help him because of the old school tie. Would that all our delusions were as harmless as that one. Our cast included Ralph Bell, Russell Horton, Gordon Heath, and Carol Titel. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Mrs. E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.